You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. All right. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Victor Pitts. I'm the host of Domain Masters tonight. And uh, we are having this, uh, this Domain Masters on Passover. So for everyone out there who... Uh, who observes Passover, a happy Passover to you, and uh, an early happy Easter to everyone as well. Uh, we have a, a great show lined up uh, for tonight. We have Andrew Allman, who is from DomainNameWire.com, uh, which is a, a news site. We'll tell you a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. Uh, again, a great show on uh, Domain Masters tonight where we're going to be talking about some uh, some changes and some things going on in the industry that uh, you may or may not be aware of and uh, what these uh, these trends and these changes might, uh, how it might affect you personally with your domain acquisitions or selling of your domain names or however you're going to be using them, how these new changes are, are going to affect you. And so Andrew has a lot of uh, a good insight on, on what these changes are and, and uh, some opinions on how they might affect uh, domain owners uh, out there. So uh, you do want to listen in on this show. So we're going to break for some commercials, and when we come back, we're going to have Andrew Allman from uh, Domain Name Wire joining us on tonight's edition of Domain Masters. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. Affiliate Convention 2009 Denver. Free for all affiliates and all the information you need to know to grow your business. June 18th and 19th. For more information about registration and sponsorship, visit www.affiliateconvention.com. Oh, wise master, I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com, specializing in 
and direct marketing and lead generation, as well as list management. TopNicheNetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. TopNicheNetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. TopNicheNetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. Have a good weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. Hey, Jim, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast and expensive. Excellent and on time. Offshoring.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles. At hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend. Dear wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. Webmasterradio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Get out your spray paint and put your graffiti on our wall. Get all the details on the Webmasterradio.fm homepage. Now, back to Domain Masters. And you're still master of your domain. Yes, master of my domain. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Victor Pitts. And again, the show is Domain Masters, and you're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. Um, every so often, it, you, you have to bring back certain guests because they're because of the type of information that they have that they can share with our, our listening audience, with you out there, uh, something that's going to add additional value. And, and there's a, a certain group of people within the industry that uh, keep their finger on the pulse of the industry, uh, watch what's happening both from a regulatory standpoint as well as the, uh, the various companies that are, are participating in the industry in, in the in as, as far as the domains are concerned, obviously registrars and pay-per-click services and development companies and hosting companies and uh, the registries and ICANN and all these all these uh, entities need to be watched and observed and uh, and someone needs to report back to to the uh, the market on uh, what's happening and uh, we're we're pleased to be joined tonight by uh, one guest that we've had on this show uh, several times and has always been um, a, a great guest and, and brings a lot of good information to uh, share with you. Um, the person who's going to be joining us tonight is a gentleman by the name of Andrew Allman. And uh, Andrew is the editor of a popular domain name, Wire.com. It's a, a news site. The name, 
Domain Name Wire was the first blog covering the business of domain names, and it's been online for nearly four years. Um, he's a recognized expert on domains. Uh, Andrew's been involved in the domain industry since 1997, which doesn't seem like it's long ag- that long ago, but as many people know, uh, domain years are kind of like dog years. So you multiply whatever it is by, by seven, and, and you pretty much have much how much experience because things change that, that rapidly. Uh, he's been quoted in the New York Times uh, online as well as the Sydney Morning uh, Herald, uh, eWeek, and numerous other publications. Andrews uh, graduated with the highest honors from the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns, with a, a degree in finance. Uh, he was uh, launched. Uh, he's launched numerous uh, startups in Austin, Texas, as well as worked in the uh, software and the telecom industry. And uh, so, without further ado, I'd like to welcome everyone to uh, Andrew Allman. How you doing, Andrew? Great, Victor. Thanks so much. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining the show here. So, uh, why don't you just uh, back up just a little bit and, and kind of for our listening audience that maybe do not know you and haven't listened to you on one of the previous shows of uh, Domain Masters, uh, tell us a little bit about you know how you first came into the industry uh, in 1997 and and what led you to uh, Domain Name Wire. Sure. Uh, back in 1997, I was actually a college student at the University of Texas. Thanks for the uh, the welcome at the intro mm-hmm. and. Uh, was really just at, at that time, you know, we still had dial-up connections in all the dorms, but I was getting into uh, trying to figure out ways to develop websites, make money, you know, that sort of thing was very popular as the dot-com boom started to, to go up. And, of course, to make a website, you had to register a domain name. So I registered a handful back then, you know, 20 or 30. Uh, of course, it cost about $70 a, a pop, which was a lot of money for a college kid, a lot of beer money. So didn't register nearly as many as I should have, uh, but stayed involved with domain names after graduation. And in, in uh, 2005, March 2005, I looked around the domain industry and saw that there was some great feature-type coverage in, in Ron Jackson's DN Journal, but there was no really daily news source and breaking news source for the domain industry. So I started Domain Name Wire then, and it's been uh, four years and the site has grown a lot since then. Just had a record traffic month in in March, so it's been a, it's been a fun ride and, and certainly very enjoyable. Well, it, it certainly is, and it's a great resource, uh, you know, to everyone in the industry. Um, you know, here at our office uh, at Moniker, we frequently look and, and catch up on the news uh, on a regular basis. And uh, you're you're one of the sites that uh, we do like to go to and. and catch up on that news. So, uh, folks, you d- definitely want to check out, uh, you know, uh, DomainNameWire.com, uh, and it, it is a great uh, resource for each and every one of us. Um, being in your, your position, you, you've been blogging, uh, writing, and, and updating the industry on, on news since 1995. Um, just kind of from a, a big picture, and we'll work in with some very specific topics that uh, we want to address tonight, but what has been the major change that you've seen in the years that you've been operating Domain Name Wire now? What what has been the major changes in, in the industry, the things that you think are most pronounced? Well, I think certainly uh, the over the past two years, you've seen this fall in, in pay-per-click revenue and everything that comes along with that. So when I started writing the site in 2005, it was just about the time that a lot of private equity and outside money was coming into the domain space because people finally figured, hey, there's an opportunity to make money here. We understand the model. And then so we saw kind of the rise there for the next couple of years. And then the two years after that, it's been kind of a, a slow fall, um, gradually increasing, uh, accelerating at times. But 
really, when you think about it, so much is tied to pay-per-click revenue now, which was not the case back when I started in domaining in 1997 when we didn't really have pay-per-click. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so w- w- watching all that happen has, has been interesting. But really, when you think about it, um, I certainly don't think we're worse off than we were in four years ago. I think uh, you know maybe a year or two ago, times were a little bit more flush, but I think that right now we're still doing comparatively well to where we were four years ago, seven years, ten, ten years ago. Right. Uh, and in this time period, uh, I think back in, in 2005, uh, you know, before you, before you actually launched your, your, your site, uh, at that time I think there was only Ron Jackson's site was the only news coverage there was in the industry. Um, things have certainly changed. Well, I should say there was a second source. We were also doing the radio program back then, too. So there was there was a radio program. There was a, one news site. And now there's a number of blog sites. There's a number of, uh, you know, aggregation sites. We've had some on the show talking about many of them, in fact, linked to, to you through these aggregation sites. Um, but with what has drawn so much uh, attention, to the domain industry from the standpoint of trying to cover it and, and, and sharing opinions and so forth. What's, what's been the attraction in causing so many bloggers and news sites within such a short period of time? Um, that's a good question. I, I think really, you know, when I, back in 2005 when I started Domain Name Wire, um, you know, really blogs were picking up. They were very popular. Since that time, it's just the, the ease of creating a site, the barrier to entry has gone down significantly. And I think even an aggregation site like Domaining.com is partially responsible for the boom in all the domain blogs. Because when I started Domain Name Wire back in 2005, I had to beg and plead to get people to come visit my site. You know, I was doing things like writing articles and distributing them to those free article sites, uh, you know, making forum postings, anything I could to get people to come to the site. Now, you can decide to create a blog, and by tomorrow, if you get into one of these aggregation sites, you're starting to get traffic. And I think a a lot of people that have started blogging over the past uh, year probably underappreciate the value of of sites like Domaining.com and and what they bring to them. Right. No, you're very, very correct. Um, Let's talk about some some specific cases, and, and we'll, we'll we'll hit one of them, and then we're going to do a, a commercial break. Um, sure. From from your from your vantage point, um, I don't know how you know hard you have to work to to get news uh, versus you know just you know listening and being active and, and monitoring, but you certainly are in the catbird seat to. Uh, to to watch and observe and, and to see things that's going on, and there's been an, an, a number of. Uh, Things here in, in the news in the last few months that uh, are, are newsworthy, and, and one of them is uh, talking about uh, these uh, UDRP cases. Um, there's been some interesting ones, uh, you know, ediblebrands.com, fbomb.com. Um, you talk a little bit about that and what some of the trends are regarding sure. some recent UDRP cases. Sure. I get to see a, a lot with UDRPs. You know, both National Arbitration Forum and WIPO will post their decisions online, but a lot of times when someone receives a, a, a domain dispute, they'll let me know about it, send me some of the details about it, sometimes get my take. So I get to see a lot of angles from these. And I'd say one, one thing I've been seeing more and more of is a complainant bringing a frivolous case and trying to do certain things that I would call unethical, really, to, to trap the domain owners. So, for example, let's say, Victor, you had a, a domain I really wanted, 
and you registered it in 1999, and I just filed a trademark last year. Uh, obviously, I, I really can't win that case, but what I'll do to try to trip you up is I'll send you an email from a, from a Gmail account or something like that saying, hey, I'm kind of interested in this domain. Would you be willing to sell it to me? And let's say you think about it and you come back and offer me, I'll sell it for $10,000. Well, then, if I file a UDRP arbitration on that domain, I would actually omit the fact that I ever approached you about it and instead just use the fact that you offered to sell it for $10,000 to say, well, you see, Victor registered this domain with the intent of selling it. And so a lot of times what you'll see is the complainant leaving out key pieces of information and the evidence uh, that they submit to the panel. And I see it, you know, in this uh, uh, scalar.com um, situation, that's a, a Canadian technology company that has scalar.ca, and they, uh, you know, I mean, the domain had been registered since 1995 to a guy who had a consulting company by the same name, but they tried to basically entrap him by saying, well, okay, so what, what would you sell it for? Um, and he gave him a number, as, as anyone should, and they, they tried to use that against him. So the, uh, the ediblebrands.com is, is another case of that. This, this one's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the edible arrangements. I have. Kind of I actually received a couple of them in the recent uh, <laughs> last year. <laughs> well, you may need to boycott them now. But, uh, I know. But basically, edible arrangements, uh, since instead of flowers, you know, a fruit bouquet, and they uh, are, are recently changed their name or they're creating some sort of holding company to, to be ediblebrands.com. Wanted the domain name, which someone had had. Um, they really had no case. They actually tried to claim that, okay, so they didn't file their trademark for edible brands until this year, but they actually um, you know, tried to claim that they had common law rights to the word edible, which, of course, didn't go anywhere. But uh, it, it's really amazing to, to see some of the, uh, what I would call, unethical actions of, of these companies that either twist the facts. Um, this case is actually more interesting. It appears that when they filed as Edible Brands, they didn't even exist as a company called Edible Brands. So, oh, my. Let me ask you this real quick before you move off to that, that, that you know, additional conversation, but it, just a question that came to my mind, and maybe some of our listeners are wanting to know, too. So back to this thing where an organization will approach the domain owner uh, to see if they're inter- and, and do so stealthily, so they don't know that who it is that you're dealing with, and and they approach them and as if in pretending to be an interested buyer and and try to get a a price quote, and mm-hmm. you weren't soliciting to sell the name, you didn't have it on the market, you didn't have a for sale sign out on the front of your your website, um, but you know heck, if someone comes and offers you even for a brick and mortar business a, a price, you're gonna you're gonna weigh it, consider it, and and maybe throw sure. a number back out there. And they're and they're using that against them. Uh, and can't does it, yeah. does it have any bearing if they entrap them, or does it have any bearing whatsoever on on the UDRP case? Well, they, yeah, obviously they have to prove more than uh, you know. They have to prove that you registered the domain and and, and used it in bad right. faith. So this is just one of those things, right? And and sometimes you get a panelist who's uh, anti-domainer. And it's just one more thing that can kind of push them over the edge. Gotcha. And in um, the complainants not being saying what really happened, they're coming and saying, "Oh, they 
offered to sell it to me for $10,000 after I inquired about it. Well, they didn't say that the domain owner had no idea that the person trying to get the domain thought it had a trademark, um, and they asked, you know, how, how much they wanted for the domain. So, you know, I, I think the good thing is that panelists, when they find this information out and they find that the complainant wasn't forthcoming, it can actually hurt them, right, as it should. Um, right. But it's certainly seeing a lot of things that I think are um, sneaky at best, unethical at work. But, you know, the, the key is if you didn't mean to cyber squat, you know, to infringe the trademark, hopefully there's enough evidence of that in your favor. Um, like in the case of this Edible Brands, there's even more stuff. The, the person who owned ediblebrands.com owned, you know, I don't know, a hundred other domains that were somethingbrands.com. So, you know, obviously they weren't thinking of this edible arrangements when they registered it, even if they had, you know, future vision uh, in that case. So, uh, you know, th- things like that, of course, helped them. And, and at the end of the day on edible brands, they ruled they didn't even have a, a trademark, so, so they wouldn't get the domain name. And, Andrew, there's a, there's a couple of other uh cases that, that, you know, I, we had touched on earlier, I'd, I'd like sure. to hear a little bit more information, um, and, and, and I'd, I'd like us to uh, kind of pick this up in, in just a minute. We're going to break for some commercials, and when we come back, uh, one of the other names I think that was mentioned in the UDRP case uh, was fbomb.com, uh, yeah. and, and, and uh, also you'd mentioned something about GoDaddy domains, so I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit yeah. more yeah. Uh, about that. But uh, we, do, we do need to break for a quick commercial. So I want to remind everyone that you're listening to Domain Masters. My name is uh, Victor Pitts. I'm the host of uh, Domain Masters tonight. You're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. Our guest tonight is Andrew Allman. He's the editor of the popular domain name Wire.com uh, news site. Uh, we're going to be uh, joined back by Andrew since we come back from this commercial, so uh, you stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back, and you're listening again to Domain Masters. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. Your company's website sucks. You know it. Everybody knows it. So get a to-do list to fix it. On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7. Analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it. So that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash ontarget. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Here's your bill. 
Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. RevenueWire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Purse Strings, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to Domain Masters. Are you still master of your domain? Yes! (laughs) Master of my domain. Here's your host. Welcome back, everyone. This is uh, Victor Pitts, the host of Domain Masters. You're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. We're joined tonight by Andrew Allman, who's the editor of the popular DomainNameWire.com news site. Welcome back, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, when, just before we broke for the commercials, we were uh, we were in the midst of a conversation regarding some uh, interesting and recent uh, UDRP cases, and um, there's a couple of them uh, that I wanted to get a little bit more insight on, and, and if you could share with our listeners, uh, fbomb.com and also uh, some regarding GoDaddy domains. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, these are both rather interesting for different reasons. The first was fbomb.com, which, of course, is a a slang term for a, for a four-letter word. Um, a person used to own the domain name and, and had a website up at it. The domain expired. Someone picked it up in a GoDaddy auction. And then the person who let it expire came back to that person and said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I let this expire. Um, I'd like to buy it from you. And the, the person who let it expire ended up making an offer on CEDO for $1,500 for the domain name. Well, the owner of the domain then sent it to auction. It got bid up to something like $4,000, and the winning bidder was actually the, the person who let the domain expire, but I guess he was frustrated, upset that he had to pay so much money and uh, maybe didn't have that much money, so instead he filed a UDRP, and surprisingly he won. Um, <laughs> this is one of those cases where I look at it and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to picture this panelist who thinks that when someone hears F-bomb, they should think of this, uh, I think, even unregistered company out in California or something like that that sells surfwear uh, and, and clothes, uh, extreme sports clothes. So, um, you know, unfortunately in this case, the domain owner said, uh, you know, I had exchanged a couple emails with him. He didn't hire a lawyer, which certainly would have helped, but... When you put yourself in the shoes of, of the typical domain owner, hiring a lawyer can cost you three, four, or five thousand dollars for a case like yeah. this. So it's no surprise that, that people sometimes try to defend it without it, but then you get crazy cases like this uh, that I think were um, silly decisions, let alone the fact that the, the, the person who filed the UDRP had already entered into a contract technically with CETO to, to purchase this domain name. So I don't know what happened down the line with that, but, uh, Certainly, certainly an, an interesting case, um, and, and it just shows you that uh, really, you know, the, the lesson to me to take away is to 
to tread carefully, um, and especially in a case like this, I mean, I, I can't fault the domain owner, the, the defendant, the respondent for, for anything he did. You know, if I saw that domain on the GoDaddy auction, I wouldn't think it's a trademark. In fact, it really isn't a trademark. No, um, no. You certainly wouldn't find it in the USPTO. So, um, so that, that one was one of the, the zanier ones I've, I've come across recently, and unfortunately I think was decided incorrectly. You know, I'm picturing some uh, older, retired judge who's never heard this term before, you know, right. re- reading the, the facts in the case and being like, oh, that, okay, that's someone's brand name and not even knowing what it means. So, um, so that one was interesting. The uh, the GoDaddy one was was also very peculiar. They filed a flurry of, of UDRPs over at WIPO uh, a couple months ago for a number of, of trademark typos. Uh, you know, typos of website website tonight, which is one of its brands, uh, GoDaddy.com, etc. And the interesting thing was, almost all the cases were against people that had registered those domains at GoDaddy or one of its subsidiaries. So. They're basically filing a complaint against one of their own customers. Now, oh, they, wow. you know, they, they're oh, r- rightfully so, because, I mean, these were very obvious trademarks. It's, it's more surprising to me that someone would use GoDaddy to register a GoDaddy trademark domain name. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's going to escape their attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Most of, most of the cases were looked like they were settled. The person just handed the domain over, but... Um, one in particular was filed uh, against someone who had their domains not at GoDaddy, and it was a domain reseller who had been frustrated because they felt GoDaddy had taken a lot of business away from them. Um, so they had registered GoToDaddy.com, um, and then GoDaddy started complaining to them about it, so they went and registered a couple of gripe sites, GoToDaddyNot.com and .net. Um, and, and one other. Now, GoDaddy decided to file a case against them for all three of those domains, the GoToDaddy.com, which this domain reseller, uh, I believe, of 2000, had used commercially, but also these domains that they set up as a gripe site afterwards. So the arbitration panel ultimately decided that GoDaddy could... Uh, could get the GoToDaddy.com, but not the two gripe sites, which which makes sense. I don't know all the content on the gripe sites, but uh, you know there was another recent case, Kohler Sucks, Kohler K O H L E R, which you probably know as um, you know they they create plumbing fixtures. And yeah. so obviously, if if you own KohlerSucks.com and you're showing a page full of pay-per-click ads related to faucets and plumbing or anything else they sell, then that that wouldn't be okay, but if you just are using it to gripe about a bad customer experience, that sort of thing, and aren't making money from it, aren't using it commercially, um, right. it is okay. So cer- certainly uh, I-, I found it very interesting that not only the story that they were filing these uh, against their own customers or that their own customers had, had infringed their trademarks, but also this case in particular against uh, what you could call a small competitor was very interesting. Interesting. Uh, folks, you're listening again to Domain Masters. My name is Victor Pitts. I'm the host of tonight's show. You're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. And uh, we're joined tonight by Andrew Allman, who is the uh, – uh, he is uh, he actually runs DomainNameWire.com. He's the editor there uh, of DomainNameWire.com uh, news site. And uh, we're going to be wrapping up the uh, show in just a, a few minutes. But before uh, before we do so, Andrew, i got one other thing I wanted to talk to you about. I know that you're – 
uh, very interested in the uh, ICANN process with these new GLD, uh, T, uh, GL, GTLDs, if I can say that straightly. Uh, yeah. and, and there's a comment deadline that's uh, coming up here real soon uh, where I guess the public is, is uh, providing commentary back for decision makers to evaluate and, and to weigh in on before final decisions are made. Can you tell us just a little bit about that, exactly what's going on and what that deadline is? Sure. So this is the um, second draft of what what I can call the new GTLD applicant guidebook. Um, so they posted one earlier this year. They got a lot of feedback on it, mostly negative. So they posted this second one, and the deadline to provide feedback on it is April 13th. It's really easy to submit feedback to ICANN. You go to their website. Um, you can read all the associated documents, and then you basically send an email to a particular address um, with your comments, and then that gets posted. So I would encourage all the main owners to do that, in particular uh, about a few of the issues in this guidebook that could be harmful to uh, domainers, uh, one, of which, uh, uh, one of which is the lack of any sort of pricing controls on the registries that have these new top-level domains. So, for example, if they wanted to start, uh, someone started .web, um, they could charge you $10. They could charge a wholesale price of $10 one year and 100 the next. They could also charge you more for good domains like um, uh, cars.web as opposed to some long-tail domain name. Um, so, which on the surface isn't any big deal because I may just not buy .web domains then, but... The difficulty is that Verisign's contracts for .com and .net and basically all the other registrars have a clause that says, I, if you give anything, you can't treat me really any differently than the other registries. So if you give them something that I don't have, I, I can claim I have a right to it. So imagine what would happen if Verisign said, okay, um, you know, we've been raising our .com prices 7% a year. Next year we're going to raise them 20%. And, oh, by the way, you've got this great generic domain, and we think it's worth more. We're going to raise it to $10,000 a year. So that obviously would be very, very bad for for a lot of parties. And it's one of those things that um, there was a lot of feedback on it after the first guidebook, and I thought ICANN was taking it seriously, but now I I, I don't think so. They issued – they hired with – but basically our money, right, our, our ICANN's piece, they hired an economist to basically go through as an, quote-unquote, independent study on some of the things such as lack of pricing controls, and this economist uh, released these reports saying, oh, ICANN, um, you, have, you have nothing to be concerned about. So that I would say that's a primary issue that some domainers, and, and uh, George Kirikos has done a good job of, of getting people uh, interested in that topic to submit feedback on. Um, it's on DomainNameWire.com on uh, Tuesday. I included a link to all the feedback I provided to ICANN, which is much more extensive, um, covering a number of, of issues and problems. You know, I, I think that my big concern with these new GTLDs overall is it's really going to open ICANN up to lawsuits, and it's also going to... Um, it's going to force them to take their eye off the ball. You know, you have people like the Pope weighing in on who should be able to get .God or, or .Catholic, right? And it's, it's these sort of issues that are just going to come up, and, and people are going to have 
concerns about them, and ICANN shouldn't have to be worrying about these sorts of things. You know, it, it should manage DNS. It should manage the existing top-level domains. And I, I think it's really a threat to the stability of the Internet and uh, our profession, some of the things going on there. So I, I know a lot of people find ICANN confusing. They don't find it fun, which is probably true. But I highly encourage everyone to read up on this and, and submit comments before the deadline on April 13th. That's good Good information. I appreciate uh, you sharing that with our audience. And, and with that, we're going to need to uh, put a wrap on tonight's show. Again, you're listening to uh, Domain Masters. My name is Victor Pitts, the host. You're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. And we've been joined tonight by Andrew Allman, who is the uh, editor of uh, the popular domain name wire uh, com news site. And, and, Andrew, I really do appreciate you being on the show. And, and once again, you've come in and, and knocked them dead with a good information, good updates, both in terms of the uh, UDRP cases as well as um, some of your concerns, which uh, are, are certainly legitimate regarding the new uh, GLTDs uh, with, uh, through ICANN. And we appreciate you being on the show here tonight. My pleasure, Victor. Anytime. And, and just in, in one last passing to you, is there anything that you want to uh, tell us about uh, real briefly regarding any upcoming things at Domain Name Wires, any changes or anything, uh, any shows that you're going to be at that you uh, it was an opportunity for people to meet you firsthand? Sure. The, the next show I'll be at is the Geo Domain Expo in San Diego in a couple of weeks. So if you are going to that show, look forward to meeting you there. Uh, it's, it's one of the smaller shows, so it shouldn't be a big deal, but feel free to drop me an email as well if you'd like to set up time to meet. All right. Thank you again, Andrew. And, folks, thanks for listening in to Domain uh, Masters tonight. Uh, again, great show that we had lined up. And I do want to remind you that there is a, uh, besides the Geo Domain Show, uh, which is coming up in uh, San Diego. Great show. Uh, it, it's it's a very interesting application of domain names with uh, that are geo-targeted uh, focus. Some of the most uh, uh, creative and entrepreneurial minds in, in the industry are working in the, in that uh, group, um, and and something that you want to uh, look in on and, uh, and and think about with your investment also in terms of uh, acquiring geo-targeted uh, domain names. And, and there is definitely some opportunities for monetizing those. Um, Unlike uh, a lot of other names, there's some real good uh, opportunities there, so something that you want to uh, pay attention to. And at the end of the month, uh, once again, it's that time of year for uh, the traffic uh, show, uh, and that's targeted traffic. And and they're having the show this year in uh, Santa Clara down in Silicon Valley uh, starting on the 27th of uh, April and running through the 30th. Uh, We're going to be there. Uh, in force uh, at the traffic show. And, and once again, I invite you to uh, tune in to the uh, live auction, whether you're there uh, face, uh, face-to-face and, and, and in the room bidding or doing it online. But on the 29th, it's going to be the, uh, the live uh, and extended auction for, uh, uh, for Moniker at the traffic show. Have a great uh, quality uh, inventory, real good reserve prices. It's going to be attractive to buyers, and, and hopefully there will be plenty of buyers that will come out and, uh, and get involved to get engaged. So, uh, again, the end of this month in April, you'll be hearing more about it in upcoming uh, episodes of Domain Masters. And uh, appreciate you listening in tonight. So, again, Domain Masters, Victor Pitts is your host, and uh, you've been listening to it on uh, Webmaster Radio. You can also tune into the show on a variety of uh, uh, podcast sites, iTunes, uh, Google, Yahoo, and many, many others. So, thanks for listening in, and uh, we'll be back next week.
how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.